Hello and welcome to the Killian Brady Performance Podcast where we discuss everything you need to take your GEA performance to the next level. On this week's episode I'm delighted to be joined by Sarah Connolly. Sarah is currently Tyrone Lady Strength and Conditioning Coach. We discuss obviously everything around strength and conditioning for ladies within GEA but we also discuss the biggest challenges that are holding her athletes and clients back from reaching their full potential. We touch on journaling and gratitude and the mindset side of things and Sarah gives her top tips on nutrition, strength and conditioning and mindset. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. Sarah, if you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners, just tell them a bit about yourself and your background and we'll take it from there. Thanks for having me on, Killian. Uh, My name is Sarah Conley. I am from Tyrone and I have um, a long history in the GAA sport. I have been a player first and foremost for um, way too long and I've equally been out of the sport through injury mainly um, for the past 10 years or so. Um, I was a really successful young player. Uh, probably put that down to my, my, my size. I was bigger than most girls whenever I was growing up, uh, but I was really successful. And then um, had a really traumatic knee injury where I dislocated my knee, tore my cruciate, and um, yeah, it was really, really bad. And from then, I at that stage, I was kind of uh, finishing college, doing my sports science and health degree. So it was kind of a choice I had to make in between returning to play or um, taking my career a step further. So I um, chose my career. And um, since then, I have done numerous qualifications in terms of nutrition, uh, yoga, and some SEC qualifications as well. And from that, that has led me on to having my own online business as an online nutritionist and coach. And over the past four years now, I've been also Trone Ladies SEC coach and nutritionist, um, from which that has been very fruitful as well. Uh, we have we got to the Ireland final my first year of intermediate, uh, this, which we lost um, or learned from. And then year two, we went on to win intermediate. And then last year, we got to senior and were able to um, maintain senior status, which was amazing. Um, So, yeah, I just lift weights now. I coach people online and I coach uh, the Trung ladies. So that's my background in GAA. And me and I were just discussing before we come on, uh, that is just some of her background we were discussing. It goes way back. It goes into a whole load of different things. If you go on to Sarah's Instagram account, you'll see all the different stuff that she has going on there. So she's been a little bit modest there with the <laughs> stuff that she has. So Sarah, you just talked a bit about there, but when you played, um, and then now that you're coaching her own ladies, what do you feel is the biggest difference from when you were playing to now with her own ladies? It's... Uh, for, first of all, I wouldn't like to be playing now because uh, it's it's moved on a hell of a lot in terms of SNC is is a main um, thing that's pushed it on in terms of the girls are more athletic, they're more powerful, they're stronger, um, and they've just been exposed to um, a higher level of training than potentially I was whenever I was um, thinking I was the best thing since sliced bread. Um, <laughs> It's now, it doesn't matter how big you are, it doesn't matter um, what sort of shape or size you are, but 
um, if you can be conditioned to be a GA footballer in terms of um, have the correct endurance capacities, if you have um, lots of repeat sprint ability, if you're strong and powerful, um, it doesn't matter what shape or size you are, but you can be highly influential in the game. Um, so it, the level of, of the, the game itself has improved immensely and girls are more athletic, they're fitter, they're stronger and um, they're buying into a newer ethos which is a higher conditioned athlete um, which, which is awesome to see um, but again something that I wouldn't have been exposed to whenever I was up and coming so um, I'm glad that it's moved to the next level and girls are taking a lot more um, attention to what what sort of training they're doing um, so that they can be at the next level which is really nice as well. Do you find the commitment level from I suppose probably gets more year on year but do you find the commitment level over the past few years has turned up a notch with regards ladies football? Yes and no. Girls are very very committed individuals anyway and um, the problem is they're nearly too committed and within the female sport uh, Unlike the male counterparts, if you are a female county player, you don't get exempted from playing your club football. So our girls are really committed on club aspect wholeheartedly, and then they come to county, and they're wholeheartedly at a, a county as well. So they've got an insane amount of commitment and volume of training put upon them um, that maybe the men aren't exposed to because yes they're training high level with one or the other but they don't have both and they aren't expected to be at both um, so girls level of commitment is through the roof and they're nearly too loyal because they don't want to let their club mates down so they're always a club training they're always training the club but then whenever they're a county as well they're always going um, hell for leather county as well because obviously it's, it's, a, it's a very competitive atmosphere and they want to be getting their spot so um, their level of commitment to their sport is second to none and you really can't doubt it you'd nearly like them to pull back a wee bit in order to go a wee step further because if they were able to pull back a wee bit more and give more to themselves um, in terms of enhancing their recovery um, they could actually be give more to, to, to their own play and performance as well which is which is something we we're finding over the past few years. Um, it's not so much a negative, but um, it's just an area that, that needs to be exposed and worked upon within the female sport as well. Yeah, it's actually, I never, that's a very good point. I never really thought that because too, I suppose, in smaller clubs too, the numbers at ladies' trainings can be, you know, especially ages come into it. So you might have minors playing, you might have under 20s. So it's hard to get a full group of players. So I never actually thought of that aspect of the need to numbers as well. So it's kind of, you can't just go off for six, nine months, like some of the lads and yeah. um, with your tracksuit on the odd time to, to train them. Yeah. And say so girls are so loyal, so they don't want to let their club mates down either. Um, so they feel like they're, they have to train every night. So like some of our girls could be training five and six nights a week between county football, club football, and then um, the colleges as well. So there's a lot of demand on the girls. And as you say, particularly within that age bracket where they might be playing with multiple teams. So it's a big ask on the girls. And, and again, down to the female mindset, they don't want to be feeling like they're letting people down. So they're 
they're going everywhere, they're doing everything, which isn't beneficial to their performance either. So it's catch-22, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose you as strength and conditioners trying to get recovery within that as well. So it's this bit of a dynamic of how you handle everything. And I suppose when you see girls playing the night before, then coming to train and then going to gym, it is hard for you to try and manage all that. Yeah, and that that has been an obstacle for us in the past number of years where um, as an SSC coach, you're trying to do things properly, but whenever you have your 20, 30-odd girls in front of you, you really have to assess in the moment because some girls are coming from having the legs run off them from uh, club training or, or college training or potentially on, on hard ground playing a match with their with their um, college and you really just have to assess in the moments because you, as you'd like to think the more qualified individual you can't be just stone cold and making them do what is down on paper because that's what's in your program you have to assess the situation um, as it arises and, and that that curtails your your season as well because you have to have that in mind and um we've, we're lucky there in Tyrone that we've built up a really good relationship with the girls that um we let them know that this is the way we're going to do it because it's professional and that's how um we want to that's the standards we want to hold ourselves off but um some nights we might have to just pull back either on an individual level or as a as a unit level so that we're not just burning the candle at both ends because that's what can typically happen whenever the girls are pulling and to and throwing through different clubs um, because not everybody's on the same hymn sheet whenever it comes to mm-hmm. what's required for performance in terms of the SSC, in terms of the conditioning. So it's, it's about biting your tongue sometimes and just doing what is in the moment correct for you and that, team and that person. So it's not always ideal, but you just have to assess as you go I suppose and that's how we've been doing it for the past few years and it's it's been helping us because it's been increasing the buy-in from the girls because they know that we have their best interests at heart um, and that's been helping us build a good relationship as well which is nice so it's a, another area that needs work done um, but we, we can only do our best yeah so yeah. Do you think that's a problem within women's football where at club level club players are kind of looking going well, if I have to play a club and county, I just I just can't do both. So then they don't put themselves forward for county level. Is that an issue? Um, again, yes and no. And I think it comes down to what sort of structures girls think or perceive are in place in the county structure. So for a club girl, um, I, I know within Tyrone, um, there was a stage where nobody had any real desire to play county football. Um, whereas now the whole culture has changed again I think down to the professionalism that has been brought by the management um, and obviously through success as well um, mm-hmm. so that girls actually really want to play for the county now um, which is nice and rewarding for us as a management team because um, you obviously want to be around inspired people so whenever girls want to play county football you know you're, they're there for the right reasons whereas before I'm not 100% sure that that was always the case, that um, females, some females just wanted to go to say they were playing county. Um, Whereas now, if you're playing county football, you're being brought on a hell of a lot more because the standard of coaching, um, gym, nutrition, 
again, a wee bit of mindset. They're all boxes that you're getting looked after now within the, the county setup, mm-hmm. which always wasn't the case. Um, so now it's a more attractive thing to play county football. And uh, the girls really know that to do it, it's a massive commitment and you have to be in the right frame of mind and position to be able to do that. So it is a change in culture and that will probably go again back around the other way where it's maybe not as attractive. It's, it's probably all down to success as well. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to be on your ship if it's, if it's going the right direction. But if your ship's sinking, it's not really an attractive place to be or the commitment seems a lot whenever it's, it's, it's in that sort of shape. So um, we're just lucky now that we're going through a really nice period of, of growth, professionalism and success. Um, that it's an attractive thing to be a county footballer right now for true. So it's good. And I think an interesting point that you touched on there was, you said a couple of times, the culture of the team. And I think sometimes managers can forget, and as what you were saying there, it's kind of, this is what we're doing, this is the plan, so this is the way we're going about it, instead of actually assessing what's in front of them and working on getting buy-in from the team and looking after the players, you know, not just treating them as, well, this is what I'm doing, this is the way I want my team to play, and that's what we're going to do. So I think it's refreshing to hear a team that have been at both sides of it and now are going through success because they're taking the time out to you know, show the players that they appreciate them, that they're looking after them, and they're setting the right culture for growth, which is great. I think working with girls, that's hugely important because uh, girls are, can be sensitive creatures too. Yeah. So yeah. if you give them, if you show them that you actually care, um, then they'll give you a lot more respect, a lot more time, um, and, and therefore buy into you a lot better. So, um, and yes, that could be always something that's improved, that can be improved on, but um, girls just want to know that, the, that you care. And as soon as they see that, then they'll give you all that they have in order to be a better player. So that's something that's worked well for us, I feel, in the past number of years. Um, and again, hopefully that's been part of why we've been successful. I think, I think that, that's, that's the case for men as well. Like I think no matter what age you're playing or what grade you're playing at, you'll nearly always remember the managers to kind of, you know, give you a wee arm around the shoulder and kind of, you know, encourage you to go on and make you feel like you're important and a part of the team. So I think in ladies' football, it's probably shown more, but in men's, it's kind of hidden, but secretly everybody kind of wants that arm around the shoulder to be like, look, just keep doing what you're doing, you're doing the right things. And that boosts everybody, you know. So I think it's important to take that away too, that, you know, everybody just wants to feel that someone appreciates what they're doing, the effort they're giving, the time, you know. So I think that's a massive part of any team. Do you find that when you approach in nutrition or strength and conditioning, men versus women, is there a different approach? Um, I think maybe we just touched on it there, um, the previous point that, they are probably quite the same in terms of um, each individual just wants to do well yeah. as themselves, um, but therefore be able to put out a better performance, be a bigger leader within the team environment. Um, and I don't really see there's that much crossover between the two. Um, no, but um, I think that females are a wee bit more special and probably say because I'm, I'm biased and I'm a female <laughs> but, um, you can get a lot more like females are I think the females can have a really self-limiting element to themselves and that once that is maybe nurtured or um, give a wee bit of care to 
you can get a hell of a lot more out of a female in terms of just them believing themselves, them buying into you and then overall performance as well. Um, and again, maybe not having that much background with male teams, maybe I'm a wee bit, I can't really give that much insight there to that. But within the female, like, she just wants to know that you care. And once she, once she knows that you care, um, she'll give you everything. And then again, because maybe the coaching hasn't been up to par or they've never been coached before, once they get that, uh, they their results can accelerate very, very quickly. Um, again, I've just been brought into the, the trauma minor structure there as well. And um, they've never been really exposed to any physical training in the form of gym. Um, mm. And how quickly they've changed and progressed from very simple things um, is amazing. And even what I love to see, what the connection that I am most passionate about is the confidence change yeah. in people. So once they see and know that they're doing things right, whether that be in the gym or on the pitch, once they can feel that themselves, then they can they're just they just accelerate in terms of what they're giving back to you. And that's what I'm so passionate about and that's what I love to see. Because uh, but that that confidence carries across then into their, their day to day. Um, so it's not only pitch confidence they have, which is obviously important as a team environment, but that confidence carries over into um, how they are in their social circle and school and work. Um, whatever it is, it's just such a carryover effect that I feel that that's so beneficial and that's what I'm so mad to be involved in because uh, girls, as I said, they have that self-limiting belief that um, they're just not good enough, they just can't do things and it's, it's once they realise that, okay, you can't do this but there's a different way around that or you actually can do it if you try it mm -hmm. and you repeatedly try it and get better at it, you actually can do that. Um, and that's what I'm so passionate about because girls have uh, there's something that once you make them realize how good they can be, um, it just it blossoms into the whole transformation of their persona, how they carry themselves in the gym, on the pitch, on the day-to-day -day lives. Um, and that's what I love to see and be able to help because they've got so much to give. And they can be so strong, they can be so athletic, they can be um, so powerful. And that's what I, maybe went off on a rant there, but um, that's what I love to be a part of. And um, thankfully, it's kind of, we're kind of seeing the fruits of that within Tyrone as well. Um, that the girls are just getting more mature, they're getting more confident in, in themselves. Um, and that crossover effect into daily life is really, really what I'm about. Yeah, and I think just with what you said earlier on there, um, you were saying about when you go in to the gym and you know you teach them a little thing or two, and then you see them blossom. I think that's what anybody, most people, don't move forward because they've kind of like shiny objects and syndrome. They're like, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that, you know, and they're kind of not doing anything or thinking about doing stuff all the time. So when yeah. a coach like you comes in and it's like this is the plan, this is the structure, this is what we're going to do. At least have something to focus on then, and then they can really start seeing results rather than just doing this, doing that, doing the other, and actually not progressing and going anywhere. And the other thing is females like to be told what they're doing. So they like to have structure. Yeah. I, they're training on certain nights. They're doing this for a certain amount of weeks. They like to just know and have clarity as to what's ahead of them, as opposed to being scattered. If everything's scattered, 
Um, the buy-in's less, it's harder work to communicate with them. But uh, we're very structured that their training programs um, in terms, sorry, the training schedule is set out like a couple of months in advance. So girls have the opportunity to book off work um, and they know when they can plan days away, etc. And then also the training program. And the girls love to know that, okay, we're doing this for four weeks and this is how you progress. And it's very structured mm -hmm. and girls like that as well because they like to, they like to be planned, they like to be organized. So that's, that's a nice big buy-in for us as well. Yeah, and I think that approach, like I see with clubs, it's that's what kind of drives people away when they don't know next week what nights they're going to be training they don't know what they have to do next week whether it'll be a monday or a tuesday and i think that makes it hard for people to buy in because they're like well sure i don't know whether i'm kind of coming or going so i think yeah. every team should take the approach of have something structured organized so people can have a life outside of it rather than trying to just commit absolutely everything to whenever the text comes in or the manager says training is. Yeah. So I think that's massively important. What do you feel, just when we are talking about it, is, I know you touched on confidence and stuff like that in the program, but what do you feel is holding some ladies back from just going all out and being the best it can be? It's just down to the mindset. Um, it's that self-limiting belief. Um, and it's probably also to do with um, socially comparing themselves to others as well. Um, nobody wants to be put, put themselves up on a pedestal in order to be kicked off it or knocked off it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very evident within the girls as well. Um, they just don't back themselves. They don't believe in themselves. Um, and that's probably across the board for everybody. Everybody can probably say that about themselves in mm -hmm. one shape or form. But, um, and again, it's not until that's nourished. It's not until that's maybe you get somebody to back yourself and give you confidence in you that that, that can be overturned. Um, and again, I, I'd like to think that that's what we're very good at in Tyrone, that we're giving the girls um, the opportunity to um, grow and develop themselves through exposure and also through um, repeatedly telling them that they can and showing them how to do it if, if they can't do it. Um, so it's, it's just a self-limiting belief. It's just the female mindset that um, lets somebody else take the highlight. Um, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Um, but it's probably just down to that they haven't been shown how. They haven't been given any attention as to different ways and solutions around um, whatever their barriers are. And once they do, then they can really see their potential. They can really see how much they can change. And it's, it's just a work in progress. Um, I think everybody has a negative aspect to their mindset. But it's until you learn that you have that, until you learn how to control it or to change it, then you're always going to stay stuck because you're always going to go back to what you know. Um, so again, if you're in an environment of people who tell you you can do more, tell you that you can do it, um, it's a much more, it's a better environment to grow and develop. And again, that's all to do with culture. That's all to do with the people you surround yourself with. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think too that having someone, especially I feel within ladies football, that will come in and say, I buy into you. Because sometimes when it comes to ladies football, it's kind of odd especially at club level, or Mick down the road will take us, you know, or he'll train us for the year. And then he comes and kind of goes. And I think when someone comes in, sets a plan, sets a structure, they're kind of sitting up going, this lad cares, or this lad gives a crap about, you know, who we are. So I think for someone to do that, especially at club underage, people kind of sit up and go, 
because we hadn't this before, you know. So I think building that structure into any underage ladies team is very important. I think it gets overlooked too often. We, I've seen on your Instagram and on your social medias, your journaling and your gratitude. Do you find that that helps you? And I just want to discuss a small bit about that because I think it's a great idea. I think it's something that everybody should do some form of. But I suppose what impact has it had on you from the start of doing it? Uh, it has been a game changer for me. Um, Again, I don't really know how I got into it or, or why I got into it. Um, and something that social media doesn't show is that I'm not perfect either. Um, yeah. There will be days that you potentially wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I don't really think there's a right and wrong way to do it. Um, I kind of got into it uh, really over a year ago, maybe now. And I have been relatively consistent with it. And I just think it's amazing for like framing your, yourself for the day. So I just do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the way I do it is I just have a black book and I could be any color of a book, but I've just got a black book. <laughs> and I just typically write down the day, what date it is, and then today I'm grateful for, and then just bullet point three things. Mm-hmm. And there's loads of different ways as to which you could do it. But with social media, with the craziness of life, I think that you could very easily get absorbed in that. You could very easily get surrounded by negativity and only see only see the stress only see the hassle only see all the bad stuff mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis and it's very very easy to do that because we're surrounded by so much of it but i think that if you can take five minutes ten minutes first thing in the morning and place it into your routine and uh really just frame your mind for that day ahead it's very very powerful because it gives you the tools then to overcome whatever tricky situations you come up against later on in the day because you've started a positive onslaught as opposed mm-hmm. to stacking negatives on top of each other. You've already started on a positive. So if you if something negative then comes into your life on that day, which it might do, um, you have a positive st- standpoint, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's really, really powerful. Now, like, you mightn't be even be writing down anything that is life-changing or... Um, for your morning coffee a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just simple things. But I do try to change what I'm writing down on a daily basis just so that it's forcing you to think differently. It's forcing you to think of more stuff that you're, ben- that you're grateful for as opposed mm-hmm. to always being stuck in a routine of coffee and working from home and whatever it is and if you force yourself to to think and that's something we don't do enough of um we don't think we're environmental creatures and we just kind of go with the flow we've got such routines built into our lives that we just kind of go with the flow but if you actually stop and take five minutes just to think think about what you're grateful for think about what you're going to do that day think about where you want to go um it is wishy-washy to a lot of people and you kind of have, have to have some form of openness yeah. to be able to, to do it on a daily basis. But once you get into it, your whole perspective does change a hell of a lot. Um, and it just sets you up for more wins than losses, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's not for everybody, and, but if you're open to it, it, is, it can be a life changer, but the same thing as anything, like it's about frequency. 
So if you can repeatedly do it, that's where the benefit comes from. So there's no point journaling one day uh, and expecting it to change your life. There's no point going on a diet on a Monday and expecting you to drop a couple of pounds. There's no point joining the gym and expecting you to be skinny in a week. It's about frequency and adapting it into your lifestyle. But for me, it has been a game changer. And thankfully, I think that there's a few more people now starting to, their ears are starting to pick up a wee bit whenever you do mention this um, alternative thing, these yeah. alternative things, because people need it. And once you realize that it's okay to, to be grateful for things and to speak about it and to, to, to add aspects of your, into your life like that, then you can get a lot from it. Um, but you have to be open and ready to, to implement some form of change in order to get any growth out of it. Yeah, so. I think like that when people hear someone doing gratitude journals or something. I think everybody is kind of like, oh yeah, you know, like what harm is it to sit down and think about it? As you said, they don't build it into daily habits or to sit down like, well, I really don't know what I'm grateful for. But if you start off small, and as we said, like it can be at the start of coffee. It can be, you know, do you enjoy going to work or you enjoy your job or you enjoy to be able to get home and sit with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever it may be. But I think, it's about keeping it consistent and giving it a period of time to try it. Because the more you do it, the more in-depth you will get with things. And I think as you said, people say, might say stuff that's a wishy-washy and stuff, but I'm all for whatever works for you. Like if you journaling works for you, go all in on it. If you know gratitude works for you, go all in. Who's to say it's wishy-washy if it works? You know, yeah. if you feel better after it or you get enjoyment out of it or you're getting some fulfillment out of it well who cares what anybody else thinks and i just seen from you posting on i was just like i'm delighted to see the people like this is what i do works for me might work for you if it does brilliant you know might help one person that sees it i think the more people that do stuff like that the more people that will be helped within that kind of mindset side of things and it's a simple thing to be able to do Time. And again, then back to the whole female thing, I think it's super important for females because they take a lot on board. Even like I work with a lot of um, mothers and different things. and yeah. They absorb all the stresses of their family life, of their business life, of their kids as well. So like, there's a lot going on. In, okay. Not that there's not a lot going on in males' heads, but there's a lot going on in students. Well, sometimes there's not, but... Um, <laughs> There's a, lot, there's, a, there's a lot going on in females heads so like i just find the process of being able to write it out yeah. it just declutters your head and i've also um i don't do it myself now but i've been advising some of my clients to do um like a pre-bed uh brain dump yeah. so again same sort of process you've got a journal you've got somewhere to write down things and you just anything that's going on in your mind it doesn't probably isn't even going to make sense mm -hmm. but like if you start to just write anything that's going on in your mind and take five minutes just to clear any of that weight off your shoulders um your sleep quality is better so then you wake up the next day and you feel a lot more refreshed and um, because you slept better then your your decision making is better your food choices are better you're probably more likely to go to the gym like for such a simple task or thing it's it can reap a lot of rewards as well so but again you just have to be in the right position in order to buy into that 
And typically it's the people who don't have time or um, are too busy for that type of thing that actually need it the most because they've got the most going on in their lives. So um, it's something I am very passionate about, but um, it's not for everybody. And as you say, some people might like it, some people won't like it, but it's even just taking that process of, okay, I'm going to sit down in the morning coffee and I'm not going to look at the phone. I'm just mm-hmm. going to think, I'm just going to watch, I'm just going to be present and it, it's something like that that probably needs to be promoted and and, and um, more encouraged because it's very very powerful. Because again, we're event, environmental creatures, and days will pass, weeks will pass, and as we mentioned earlier on, like you look back and if you continue to do things the same way, you're not going to change. Your results aren't going to change. So if you can just make one, if you can pause and realize what you're doing in order to change and. and adapt from it you can get a hell of a lot further forward in life um from that yeah i think we've come full cycle where you know everything was just go 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 and now we're at a stage where even with meditation most people can't sit down for five minutes and just turn off and just you know be with their mind and just sit there because i know meditation is something that i've dabbled in i would like to get into it more but i sit down and my mind to just go hundred different things and only after sitting down you know so that's subconsciously going on in my brain all day every day and you know just a constant noise I think a lot of people have in their head when a lot of stuff isn't even stuff that's in our control we don't control it we can't do anything about it but yet it consumes so much of our time so I think if we take that time to try and declutter our mind especially as you said before bed it can only have a positive impact going to bed. Yeah. But again, likewise there, um, because you're aware of the hundred things that are, that are in your mind, that's an improved state because yeah. um, you're starting you've, you're starting to increase your awareness. So like that's a form of meditation mm-hmm. um, and that's an improved position than you were previously. Like, but I don't actively meditate. I'm a yoga instructor, but I don't actively meditate. But like how I would incorporate that type of thing into my life would be like um, breath work. Yeah. So I would do a lot of breath work, i.e. like just walking down town and mm-hmm. you're just observing your breath. And to me, that's meditation um, because everybody has monkey minds, everybody has crazy things going on. And if you're actually able to sit down and, and process that and have that awareness, then that's a form of meditation. If you include then your breath work into it, just Again, there's no perfect breath, but just have an increased awareness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a form of meditation, but that's something you could do if you're on your own, you're walking down the town, or um, you've got five minutes to cook the dinner on your own, or whatever it is. Like You can do that active meditation at any stage in the day. Like People think for meditation, you have to be sitting in the corner with candles yeah. and Buddhas everywhere, and you're just <laughs> on the floor. And, like, that's candles going on. Yeah. Uh, that's not nearly practical it doesn't fit somebody's hectic lifestyle so again if you're aware of alternative opportunities then it makes it a lot easier to incorporate into your life and get the benefits from it as well and I think it's like it's taken five minutes so that could literally be getting a coffee in a coffee shop sitting in the corner and just taking that five minutes just to sit there with yourself you know no one's going to call that meditation but it's time for yourself to just sit there and be with your thoughts and you know as you say with your breathing it's just taking that five minutes out to kind of just go oh yeah yeah relax i've actually started to introduce that um a bit of breath work 
after a game situation for the, the ladies again. So again, your, your emotions are heightened and your adrenaline's pumping and um, you might feel really happy, you might feel really sad, um, both on an on a individual level and a team level after a game. But I've started to do um, just a bit of breath work with um, the girls after a game. So you come in and you sit yourself down and we just breathe for a few minutes. Um, some girls buy into it, some girls don't buy into it, but um, it's just that resetting. Um, it's making them realize that if they had a bad performance, it's not the end of the world. They're still here and that everything's still okay. Yeah. And likewise, um, it's an opportunity not to get too carried away if they did if the team did really well or an individual did really well, it's an opportunity not to get too carried away and just bring them back to the present moment. Um, and there was actually, to me, a surprisingly good buy-in to that um, with the girls. Yeah. Um, and, and something that we'll probably continue to, to do going forward because whenever emotions are high, decision-making can be a bit scattered as well. So yeah. if you can bring everything back down to baseline, um, it allows you just to be in a better position to make choices. So we find it a good benefit. And I think that brightening is very important because even I was talking to a kicking coach and he was saying he does a lot of work with, with his athletes on breeding before they take free kicks. So it's about working with them to try and get their you know, breath down as calm as possible in as quick a period as time as possible. So obviously that takes a lot of practice. So I think it's just important even something small like that or free takers could have a big impact on you know as you said their thought process and everything else that goes with that so it's just important that you touched on that and it's interesting you know something so simple as controlling your breathing can have such a big impact on everything else and again it's come back to the simplest of things breathing yeah and nobody yeah. ever thinks about that can actually have an impact on your performance it's probably a more legal form of a beta blocker that the snooker players would use yeah <laughs> and, a, and the beta blockers are for your heart rate but like if you can control your breath in those pressure situations again you're going to make better choices and um that's ultimately going to be more success for you and for your team as well so yeah, it's uh, just open up a can of worms there for the possibilities of what you can do to be 5%, 10% better performer. Completely. So we could go on about that. Well, I could. I love talking about that stuff, but I don't want to keep you too long. So I'm going to leave it on what three tips from a nutrition, a strength and conditioning, and a mindset point of view would you give people going into this 2020 season? And that's a loaded question. So we can go with nutrition first. Um, keep it simple and the basic works. Um, so as long as you're getting your calories on board, as long as you're hitting your protein, then you can be pretty flexible with your carbs and your fats. Um, the only other thing that I want to say there is most females tend to under eat whenever it comes to that. So Whenever you want to perform, you can't be in a calorie deficit. You have to be giving your body enough fuel in order to perform optimally. Um, so fueling for the activity that's in front of you is super important. Um, and then having flexibility in around that in terms of uh, carbs aren't bad, fats aren't bad. Um, it's just your relationship with them. Yeah. So learning what your body needs um and then plan for performance are two key things for that and then strength conditioning side of things again same thing keep it simple um 
your, your training program doesn't have to be overly fancy. It just has to get the basics done and um, you have to be progressing a, a, on a weekly basis um, in order to be a better athlete, better performer. Um, my focus currently with the Tron Ladies is a lot of glute dominant stuff um, because that's where your power comes from and um, it also increases the buy-in because all girls want to have good glutes. Um, that's, that's so, uh, yeah, have your, have your focus and know why you're doing it. So, again, why we're looking at glutes is there's a lot of jumping and landing in, in female sport. Um, the females have a different uh, hip position, which makes them more vulnerable for knee injuries. So, again, if our glutes are stronger, then um, we can likely prevent that. Um, and also then just a more powerful running performance as well. So that's our focus at the minute, but just keep it simple. Um, and then frequency, you can't get better with just one gym session. It has to be repeatedly showing up in order to be better and progressing within each session. Yeah, that's that's two very long bullet points. No, I love I love to keep it simple, but like I think that's where things can get completely lost when the foundations of everything is kind of skipped, and then people are wondering why they're not getting the results that they wanted. And we touched on it a small bit already in the episode, but from a mindset point of view, what is the one thing that you would recommend? Just said to some 18 year old girl looking to get into the Tyrone senior team? Be present with themselves um, and think bigger than what they currently are. Yes. If you do that, you can achieve whatever you want to do. I like that one. That's a good one. And that's a good point to end on. Sarah, thanks awesome. a million for coming on to the podcast. Do you want to give your uh, social medias a plug there for people that are listening so they know where to find you? Of course. Um, <laughs> My social media is just Sarah Connolly Performance on both uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I also have a website coming soon as well, um, which is just sarahconnollyperformance.com. So, um, yeah, check me out and give me some love. And there is plenty going up there every day. There's something going up, which is great. And for any females out there that are looking and want to know where to go and how to get started and what to do, check out Sarah's page. So, Sarah, thanks a million for coming on. I appreciate you giving up your Friday evening. No worries, Ellen. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to find out more information about my Mindset for Performance programs, where I help you take your performance to the next level by working with you to put a plan in place. We look at goal setting, identifying key milestones and targets, obstacles that may occur, accountability, and overall help you build your confidence. Head over to my Instagram page at Killian Brady or KB underscore performance underscore coaching for more information. Until next time, keep moving forward.